Yes. Woo. We are here. We are ready. In our secret recording yep. cave. We are, um, or Vox, too. It's, that, yeah. That's what I meant to say. So Vox I'm, versus Vox, the age-old debate. Boaxes is eight. Boches. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> that was my... That was my joke. When I wish upon a star for that one special girl To take me on the ride to a whole new world Under the sea of bare necessities You got a friend of me cause I'm fun and fancy free With you on my arm people won't know what to do Say I wanna be like you, bibbidi bobbidi boo Like Woody and Jesse and Toy Story 2 Girl I have your name written on the bottom of my shoe Hello and welcome to episode 35 of, of Mary with Mouse Ears. I am one of your hosts, Michael Agnew. I'm your other host, Sarah Agnew. And we're a couple from Dallas, Texas who loves Disney and movies and all things pop culture and of course donuts. Especially musicals. Yes, we love musicals. Because that will be coming later. All right, so we know we're about a week late on this podcast. Up until now, we've tried to be pretty consistent about posting, but Michael was traveling, and then we had to go to Houston. It was just it was just a whole thing. So we're sorry, but here's an episode for you guys. Yeah, so we will be posting two in the next like two or three days. So this one and then one in two days, and then we will be back on track. So so like next Thursday will be the next episode. All right. So don't worry, we are aware we are a week behind. So y'all are, are just getting two episodes this week. We start off every single podcast by giving a shout out to one of our fans who has been um, listening to to the podcast, commenting on Instagram, commenting on Facebook. And this one is actually, we are giving a shout out to another Disney podcast called Navigating the Magic Podcast. Um, It is a couple, Jace and Holly, and they uh, gave us a shout out a few weeks ago on their Instagram story, and then they commented on one of our recent posts. And so I just wanted to give them a shout out. They have a very cool podcast because Holly actually used to work um, for Disney. She like worked for Disney radio and she worked at Disneyland and she's a college program. Yeah. I think. So, yeah. So she did a lot of different stuff with them. So their podcast is very, very like behind the scenes, um, interviewing different people, um, seeing what it's like to really like work at the parks. It's very, very interesting. It's very, very cool. So y'all should check them out as well. That's navigating the magic podcast. So they probably... Need a nickname. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They commented on our post about BB-8 for May the 4th. Oh, don't worry, Zara. I already got a great nickname. Wait, already? That I was so al- fast. already ready. So they are, are from Utah. Yeah. All right? The Rockets just beat the Utah Jazz uh-huh. in the NBA um, conference semifinals. Okay, okay, okay. And Jace tried talking a little bit of trash to me hmm. and the Rockets stomped them <laughs> um whenever he commented it was like a pretty close series and then James Harden just took over just cooking in the sauce so it needs to be something with jazz so like jazzing for Disney Mickey Jazz Hands jazzing it up jazz jazzmataz jazzmataz I liked what did you say jazzing for Disney yeah Mickey Jazz Hands Mickey Jazz Hands. Mickey Jazz Hands. I like that one. All right. With his little white gloves on. Yeah. And also Holly, but um, sorry, 
Jace just Jace just tried talking a little bit of trash, and then I tried being civil because I didn't want to jinx myself. Because man, the Jazz have dominated the Rockets like in the past. Okay, navigating um, the Magic, you are now Mickey Jazz hands. Woo! All right, whale. This podcast we actually recorded a few days ago. We were um, in Houston to see Hamilton with my parents. And my dad also loves Marvel and Avengers, and I've been wanting a platform to talk about Infinity War. So this podcast, we are featuring a guest, my dad, Howard Agnew, um, talking about Infinity War and Hamilton. So even if you aren't a Marvel fan, um, even if Avengers isn't your thing, everybody loves Hamilton. Like, I mean, like you can't just not love Hamilton. It's the greatest musical I have ever been to. Or if you're not sure and you're on the fence, we will convince you with our... Great hot takes on the musical. Exactly. All right. So here comes my dad. So we are in Houston because we um, came to see Hamilton. More on that later. And so I just thought there was nothing better than to get the original Papa Agnew of the Married with Mousers family to come and talk about Infinity War. Woo! Because of the Agnews, um, Marvel... And Star Wars are two very critical parts to our lives. Um, so shout out to my dad for instilling movies and entertainment into our souls from the very beginning. Hashtag family values. Exactly. <laughs> and so I just thought that with Infinity War coming up, basically being the movie of the decade, um, that we should discuss Infinity War and all of our thoughts on that. So if you have not seen Infinity War yet, then skip like 10 minutes from now because we will be spoiling it. You can just actually check the show notes and I normally put the specific moment that we move on to the next topic. So just check those show notes. Or press pause and go see the movie right now. Okay. And then three hours later, come back and listen. Yes, three hours later because it, it is a long movie. All right, so first things first, just setting the whole stage. Um, this movie has been 10 years in the making. From the very first Iron Man with our boy, Tony Stark. And now we have Infinity War. Thanos has entered the scene. So um, what are y'all's just like initial thoughts? Did y'all like the movie? Did you not like the movie? Zara and Dad. Of course I liked it. Okay. I, pre- I like pretty much every Marvel movie. I don't think there's one that I've seen. i just been like, I don't like that. Because it's obviously a well-made movie. Um, and there was action, there was adventure, there wasn't much romance, there's like a little bit, but overall it was good. There was the very lame Vision and Scarlet Witch romance. There was that, and then there was the depressingly sad, um, Star-Lord and Gamora kiss, um, and depressing romance where he said he was going to, he promised to murder her basically. And then it just didn't happen. Didn't happen. What what are your thoughts, Dad? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I did. It, it had a little different feel to me just because uh, it's a little darker, obviously, you know, because they're up against, you know, obviously a, a greater villain. And uh, so, um, yeah, and the funny thing is I, I didn't know that there was another part coming 
And so I thought it was oh. all going to tie up here, and I kept waiting for it. And I'm like, this is such a bad spot they're in. How <laughs> in the world is this going to resolve? And uh, so I'm assuming that they're going to win this hard-fought, bloody victory. They're going to stagger off, holding each other at the end, victorious, yeah, helping each other yeah. limp off. And no, it didn't end like that. So uh, yeah, that did did leave me hanging. So I wasn't expecting that. But um, yeah, it was it was a great movie. I was really curious how they were going to blend all these different worlds together, you know? Yeah. It's always an interesting dynamic when you try to blend different genres and, and worlds together. And uh, But I thought it all worked. For the, for the most part, I thought everything worked. Well, yeah, going into the movie, so I will definitely not shy away from, from this. I uh, love Marvel, love the Avengers. I was reading, I, I was saying away from spoilers, but there's just some things that, that you can't help but know. One, one of those things is our boy Robert Downey Jr. makes $50 million for every single Marvel movie that he is in. And so there were like some things where I'm like, all right, I- Iron Man will probably die this movie just because it costs so much for Marvel to pay him. Or um, Chris Evans, who plays Captain America, uh, recently started doing Broadway m- musicals and has grown a huge mustache. And and so I'm like, oh, and I'm like, okay, well, obviously Captain America is going to die. So I went into it thinking that um, critical people would die, and that did not happen. Well, yes, they disappeared, and we can get to that theory like later. Disappear, disappear. Um, I just kind of thought that 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 on this movie they were just going to game change who the action that like a lot of the old Avengers would die, and the next movie the new Avengers would like take over. Yeah. Um, hasn't quite happened yet, and that hasn't happened yet. So there is obviously the next movie where that could happen. Um, so who would y'all say is your MVP, your favorite character, um, from this movie? I have to say that right now, um, Thanos was just so much of a better villain than I thought he was going to. Um, they have been hyping Thanos up for so long and really the dude just looks like a steroided Barney. Like the fact that he's like purple and like CGI like isn't my ultimate favorite before the movie actually happened. And so, uh, but the fact that they made him more human, like just like with like the, him having to give up Gamora um, and like just the. Having more of a backstory, I think was good Yeah. Because you don't usually get that with villains. You're just like, hey, you're evil. Like unless, you know, Star Wars, you get to hear a lot of the backstory. But normally in these superhero movies, you don't. They're just like, hey, this guy's evil and he wants to kill everyone. But yeah. you don't really get any more information than that. Well, yeah, because normally in, like, superhero movies, the stakes aren't really that high. Like, they try to, like, make it seem like the world is going to end and then com- and then the superheroes always save the world because that's the nature of, like, comic books. And so that's what happens with a, with a lot of, of these Marvel villains, except for Loki. Lo- I mean, like, Loki was that villain that was always there. And so because of that... Um, his character was developed more. So he's always been my favorite villain, but rip to him because he also died. Um, as far as we know. So, yeah, so I would have to say Thanos is probably my favorite um, from the movie. Do y'all have anyone that just, like, stuck out to you? Um, I liked Spider-Man. He's yes. obviously provides, like, the ultimate comic relief. I mean, like, Star-Lord does, too. Uh, he's very funny, but... Um, Spider-Man just being, like, such a noob and just, like, not knowing how to do anything um, was kind of fun. And him just, like, 
literally going from a class field trip. He's like, hmm, okay, I should, I should go help them. And just seeing, you know, everything through his eyes and his reactions, and he's just the best comic relief. He's so funny. Yeah, obviously Tom Holland is the third Spider-Man since, like, 2000, which um, whenever they started over this universe, I, I was like, yo, why are we doing yeah. so many of these? And Tom Holland is by far my favorite Spider-Man. Because I can't picture the other two previous ones no. being interacting with all these other characters and being as, like, funny. Not in a deferential way. Yeah. That's the deal. Those, those guys were a little more, they took themselves pretty seriously. seriously. Yeah. Like, yes. he's just, like, yeah. literally a kid. Who... Yeah, he's playing it like a kid, and that's the whole deal with Peter Parker being a teenager. Mm-hmm. He's playing it like a teenager, which has been cool. Which is good, because yeah. everyone else is older, and they're yeah. all very serious, and you have Doctor Strange, who's, like, obviously takes himself very seriously, and then you have... You have um, Peter Parker. He's very funny. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, the point that both you guys are making, the fact that we had no new characters yes. to grab a hold of except exactly. for Thanos. We really didn't do any additional character development on any of the stars. So, yeah, Thanos is the guy that sticks with you because the whole movie kind of centers around him and yeah. his quest. So, yeah, I would say he was probably my favorite character in there, regardless of the fact that he was also a bad guy. I definitely, yeah. Thanos for sure. Who? Oh, okay. So yeah. So those are some of our favorite characters. Are there characters in the movie that just didn't do it for you that that you would say are your LVP, your least valuable player? Mine just right off the bat, Vision. I don't understand. I mean, I you love hating on him. I understand that that he has like the mind the mind Infinity Stone implanted into his brain, but um, and so because of that, him and Scarlet and Scarlet Witch had to be critical characters to this movie. Um, but I found no emotional depth with him. It's like they tried making this romance. A, a, like this big thing. They hinted at it in, you know, in previous yeah. ones. But I was like you. It's funny to hear you say that because you and I haven't talked about it beforehand. Yeah. But that's the part I think that, that got me the most is because there are parts in the previous movies where Vision looked like the most powerful guy of everybody. Yeah. And then there's been times in the past movie where Scarlet Witch looks like the most powerful character of all of them. Uh-huh. So we had the two of them together. And instead of being a super couple... Two, you know, henchmen from the other from the other uh, side, you know, yeah. basically take them out, and and so it, it was weird, and so their part was very short and not very tied in, and it seemed like the only reason they were even in the movie because they had to steal the stone from his head. That was like the only reason you even wrote them into the movie. Yeah, exactly. It was one of those things where um, basically Vision is a robot, and Scarlet Witch was having so much. Um, she was so torn on whether or not she should, should kill him or save him. And I'm like, yo, to save the whole planet, just kill this dumb robot dude. And then Tony Stark can just build him back up one day. Like, it's not like Vision is, is, is like an actual, like, human being. Obviously, Tony Stark cre- created him. He is Jarvis mutated. Um, so all of her conundrums with that, I thought, were dumb. Okay, interesting. Um, if I had to pick, I would say, like, s- there's two kind of underutilized characters that I could think of. And the first would be Shuri. Um, I just feel like we didn't get enough of her for how popular she was from coming out of um, yeah. Black Panther. Yeah. And at the end of this movie, we kind of don't know her fate. It didn't show her. Um, it just showed, like, 
the Thanos guys breaking into her lab and everything, but it didn't really show um, what happened to her. And I would like to see more of her in the next movie. Um, One of the things that I was wondering was how much of this movie was filmed before Black Panther? Just because I don't believe that they made Black Panther thinking it was going to be such a huge cultural phenomenon that it was. So then once it became so popular and everyone is going into watching Infinity War wanting a lot of Black Panther while that huge battle happened in Wakanda... um, the characters from Black Panther weren't really. I mean, I think prominent. it's just hard to fit everyone into this movie. Like, there's no way. I mean, we. I felt like we did get a lot of Doctor Strange, which you know that he's kind of newer, so that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Star Lord, obviously, because we followed his crew a lot, and then a lot of um, Iron Man. But yeah, sure, he didn't get a lot of love, and then the other person who. I find kind of interesting, and we didn't see her a lot, but maybe we will in the next movie because she didn't get um, dusted away either. It would be Nebula. Um, yeah. I don't remember her a lot from the Guardians movie, but I found her character to be pretty compelling in this movie, and I would like to see more of her in the next one. I think my, my least favorite, I was really disappointed in what they did with Hulk. Ooh, and, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just, you know, he's got, like, mental ED or something, and yeah. couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't, like, be the Hulk. I'm like, what's going on with this dude? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that was kind of weird, because if you look, take just his parts in the movie, they made him, like, the plucky comic relief. That's basically what his role was in the movie. Hulk became plucky comic relief. Yeah. And instead of going and dominating. And I think he's the only guy who physically could stand up to Thanos. Mm-hmm. So to make... Thanos seemed more invincible, they had to deactivate the Hulk, basically. And so they basically sidelined the Hulk by making him unable to become the Hulk. It's kind of the opposite of what he was doing in the last Thor movie, where he couldn't phase out of being the Hulk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now, I don't know if maybe he's, like, too scared or, like, he, yeah, he's having some kind of mental issues to where... He doesn't want to go back to that place. Well, in the opening scene, he is the Hulk. He's yeah. fighting. Thanos beats him. But it's a serious two big dudes yeah. beating on each yeah. other. Yeah. And then the next time we see Banner, he's, like, unable to change anymore. Yeah, and then he's in, like, that Hulkbuster giant Iron Man mm-hmm. suit thing. And I thought that at the end, yeah, yeah, that he was going to, like, turn into the Hulk in the Iron Man suit. And obviously that didn't happen. Good call, though. Yeah, I'm wondering if they will ever do just, like, a Hulk solo movie just because... I don't know. They've done what two or three of them already, and With they've kind people. of failed. And yeah. so, um, I do have to give a shout out to Star Lord and Chris Pratt. Basically, going into the movie, Star Lord was one of my favorite characters, and now can't stand him. <gasps> can't stand him. That's my hot take. The idea that they are about to remove the gauntlet from Thanos. Yep. Oh, that was horrible. And all of a sudden, Chris Pratt just can't like hold his emotions for thirty more seconds to punch Thanos in the face. That was. By far the biggest like eye roll moment for me in the movie where he they really screwed things up. Yeah, and and so that and there are so many just like quippy like witty people that that's that that's Star Lord's thing is that he's the sarcastic guy. But now there's Iron Man and Doctor Strange and Spider Man and they're all together. And so his wittiness isn't as well, I have pronounced. to admit I did think until until that moment. Yeah, the whole deal with him being jealous of Thor. It just uh, that was hilarious. That I mean, was that, funny. That, that was funny, you yeah. know. Yeah. 
And uh, him being jealous of Thor, I thought was great. But yeah, then when he pulled that rookie move there and let Thanos off the hook, that yeah. kind of blew it. Yeah, it's funny. There is like this. There's like this battle between, I guess, just in pop culture, it's called like the Chris Wars between Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris Evans, who is Captain oh, America, and somewhat Chris Pine, and also Chris Pine, but Chris Pine is in the separate I, universe. But, I like yeah. Chris, Chris Pine too; yeah. he's good. Yeah, he's good. yeah, and so everyone always talks about like being like, who is the, the best Chris? Who is the best Chris? And yeah, and in my mind, Chris Pratt has been the number one Chris one because I love Parks and Rec, and he is is Andy in that, and two, he's just. Star Lord and very funny, but dude, Chris Hemsworth as Thor with like the short haired Thor is the most like B A superhero ever. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Would, yes. Would you agree, Dad? I'm 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 hesitant to say this for public consumption, but I always tell mom that if I had a man crush, it would be Chris Hemsworth. He <laughs> yes. seems like the perfect dude to yes, me. Yes, exactly. I mean, with, with with the cool accent and just being so good looking, I'm like, dang it, I can't believe that guy. The dude is a like legit movie star. Yeah, and um, yeah, no, he's awesome. All right, cool. So, kind of yeah. So kind of on that on that topic, favorite moment of the movie. Mine would definitely have mine or. Yeah, there were lots and lots of like good moments, but the Wakanda battle scene, whenever Thor just comes out of nowhere and he has that hammer that's like tied up with like the with like the Groot arm and he just destroys everybody, that was one of the most like open mouth, oh my gosh, jaw on the floor moments of any Marvel movie. Definitely. Are there any other moments from this movie that just like stick out to y'all? We definitely didn't um discuss any of this yeah we didn't discuss it before beforehand this. so just off and the top of your head i haven't seen it since opening night yeah. so i'm trying to remember but i will tell you when you're talking about just jaw dropping in a totally different way when i started watching heroes start turning into ash and blowing Ooh. off the screen yeah and yeah. i had no idea that that was coming like i said i was waiting for the victory yeah and all of a sudden dudes are disappearing i'm like oh my gosh and uh, i did think it was cool uh in the post credit scene i guess when fury has the pager yeah. and he sees Mulder, who i love that girl or Kobe Mulder. so she's taking she's blows away and it's almost like a scene from Lost that you have planes yes. that no longer have people in them and they're crashing yes. into buildings. Yes. And, and I'm trying to get my head around it. And then all of a sudden you see Fury. He sees his hand start to disappear. So he pulls out his pager and starts going after it. Oh, so, man. yeah, I thought that was kind of a cool scene, too. Well, like you said, it's like left behind. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. what it felt like. It, I likened it to that too. Yeah, yeah. I was expert. I was expecting Kirk Cameron just to bust onto the scene, <laughs> oh or Nicholas Cage, yeah. <laughs> or or uh, Nick Cage. I, I, yeah. Is there a scene that pops in to your head? Yeah. Um, just going off of how much I like Spider-Man, his funny moment where he meets Doctor Strange for the first time and he's oh, like, yes. oh, he's like, oh, we're using fake names. <laughs> he just had no idea. We're like, using yes. our made up names? <laughs> he had no uh, idea Spider-Man. what to do. <laughs> he just had no idea. Yeah. Other funny moment was whenever Gamora and Chris Pratt finally kiss and then they, oh, and yes. then they notice Drax just like standing there. And so they say, Drax, how long have... You've been there. An hour. And he just says, an hour. And then <laughs> he was doing the whole, like, slow motion, like, you can't see me right now, as he was trying to eat things. And and the, and they're all like, Drax, we can definitely see you, <laughs> you right now. That was good. Drax's character, yeah, his just comic so relief weird. is one of my favorite things. Just, yeah, yeah, just all of the... Um, 
Yeah, just all of the Guardians characters. Like Teenage Groot, I think that the oh, so funny. that scene, yeah, where he sacrifices his arm and like cuts it off, that's great. Rocket Raccoon is awesome. I love Yeah, so just we kind of like mentioned this, but just how they split up the superheroes. So how there was like Thor and Rocket Raccoon. What did Thor always call rabbit. him? He said he was rabbit. a rabbit. <laughs> rabbit, yes. Come on, rabbit. <laughs> That's very funny. But yeah, like that, or just being able to see Iron Man and Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, and then they add like the Guardians to that yeah. on Titan or, yeah, on like Thanos' planet. Um, that was very cool. And then, yeah, j- just just on a, oh, yes, bearded Captain America, I am all here for. So going into the movie, I said, yeah, Iron Man and Captain America, I thought um, were going to be killed. Also, I'm just kind of like, finished with their character that I don't know how much like character development they they have. Well, I feel like yeah, they're just kind of ready to go to that next phase of life, which it will be sad I said a little bit if um Iron Man dies because that's a sweet scene where he's with Pepper and she's like I'm ready to have a baby. Yeah. Like that'll be kind of sad. Yeah. Also, there's no way that a bill a bill generic superhero is just is just jogging with his wife in the middle of a public park. Just being real. About that too, but yeah. So, but if there was, if you're a bad guy, would you mess with Tony Stark if you saw him driving jogging through a park? Hey, he was still ready because he was went from that park scene and like he met Doctor Strange and then Thanos' dudes came and he like still was able to have his suit like under his tracksuit. He's like, you're right, pressing his button. He was like ready to go. He didn't like need. You're right. He, I just was confused like why they were doing that. Like why they just weren't like at their house. Because he's a normal dude. Like, mm-hmm. A normal Bill Gennair dude who, who has like this giant thing in He needed to like, go for a chest. walk outside. Okay, okay fine. So, um, yeah, so then the ending, as Dad said, um, was he was not expecting it. Very emotional. Half of the Avengers superheroes end up just turning into Ash. But it's the newer ones, like you said. Correct. They kind of leave. They do leave. The old the guard. The old guard. Yeah, they're there. And so that leads us to believe they are going to be the ones, you know, having to go on this adventure. So we get, like, a lot of the old people in the next Yes, movie. that'll be their final write-off. They'll, yeah. Uh, yeah. It is interesting, you know, because it feels weird, but obviously, you know, when Doctor Strange said, I looked at 14 million-plus endings and there's only one that'll work, then he gave away the stone after saying, I would never, ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever let the stone out of my possession, and then he ended he up doing it. it. Yeah, so this must have been the one way that was going to allow them to defeat Thanos, so... Yeah, so I guess we will see what happens. There are a few different theories about where everybody is. I so the theory that I don't hold on to right now, but that I whenever I left the movie, I saw it with some friends and Nathan, my brother, um, who was on the podcast back in the Star Wars last Last Jedi review. So the original uh, conspiracy theorist, by yes, the way. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, <coughs> well. So I called Nathan, and I'm like, all right, dude, this, this is my theory. Since it was old Avengers versus new Avengers, that the movie would end, and everyone who was living would die, and everyone who, who disappeared would, like, live again, um, which I don't hold to as strongly with that. The other thing you said to me was that somehow they're, like, trapped in the, in, in the soul stone. 
they're all still alive, but they're just trapped. And, like, once you either, A, destroy the stone or, B, like, get the stone back or something, you somehow can release them all. As a non-comic book fan, I haven't read comic yeah, books in years. Yeah. I had the, the Soul Stone was greatly underplayed. Uh-huh. I don't know what it does. I understand some of the other stones by their very nature of their name yeah. and what they are. But the fact that it took a sacrifice to get the stone and what does the stone do? You know, what is the, the power of the stone? You know, so uh, all of that kind of threw me a little bit. So the a theory that I have heard is there is the scene where um, after Thanos snaps his fingers, it's Thanos and, and, and like baby Gamora and they're in that like afterlife mm-hmm. type thing and so they start talking and then like next scene Thanos is by the lake in like retirement mm-hmm. mode j- mm-hmm. uh, just chilling that that afterlife thing with him and baby Gamora is actually in the soul stone and that whenever she died she didn't actually die she just went into the soul stone and that everyone else that disappeared is probably could be also in the soul stone mm-hmm. and so for th- for all of those people to come back they will, I guess, have to destroy the soul stone or something like that. So there could be a eventual scene where it's Sacrifice where it's moment. Captain America and and Iron Man staring at each other, like which one of us is going to destroy the soul stone and give our life for everybody else. Um, and the one of the only reasons that that I think that they aren't really dead, and which I wish had happened a little differently, so we could have more of this like e- emotional tie, was there's no way that Spider Man and Black Panther are actually dead because they have new movies coming out. For sure, we know they're not going to be dead. Like they're 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 yeah. the new dudes. Yeah. And so it's like one of those things where if it was the opposite and the old Avengers had disappeared and the new people stayed, that would have been like more emotionally like resonating for you me. You don't know if they're coming back be, for sure. Yes, because I went into it thinking that some of them would die. Um, but but yeah, there's no way that after the success of Black Panther slash, we know that they are in talks of a Black Panther 2 and we know that Spider-Man 2 is for sure on the books. Um, so like, they're obviously surviving. Well, yeah, so like knowing that. Um, but at the same time, it's like a superhero movie. And as I said, like the stakes being high, like... The fact, like, this is, yeah, the most emotional journey that we have ever had in a superhero Yeah, movie. I will tell you that I really was sad when I watched Thanos basically snap Loki's neck. Man, dude just yes. died. Yes, And there's no coming back from that unless we're time-stoning something and coming back. Uh-huh, and then, uh-huh. you know, when they panned away from Gamora being dead at the bottom of the pit, those aren't, like, ash away dead. These are, like, real dead. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, both of those, I was, I was, I could felt myself, I felt myself being sad on both of those. Yeah, so my knowledge of Captain Marvel, who is, who Nick Fury ends up paging at, at the very end, isn't very, um, in-depth. I've been reading up on her a little bit, just yeah. to... Well, okay. yeah, so I knew that there was going to be a Captain Marvel movie happening in, in early 2019. Brie Larson is going to be playing her. She's from room and she was in that King Kong movie. I mean, yeah, she's like a big like actress. Um, and basically she is like female Superman that sh- that she's just like the most powerful superhero that there is. And I was just like, where's she been all this time? Like, why? Why uh, now? One of the rumors is that she's been off learning how to defeat Thanos, training in the things she's going to need to defeat Thanos. Oh, okay. So I know that the Captain Marvel movie is going to be set in the 90s. It's it's too, yeah. Yeah, her origination was in the 90s. So 
and then that may be she, so you'll see the origin and then maybe she's gone off and been gone and learning and comes back now. Yeah. So it'll happen in both time yeah. things probably. Well, yeah. So like what I heard was that, yeah, so that, yeah, so it is like this origin story and Nick Fury, so Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury is going to be like a central character to it. And this is going to be whenever he probably has both of his eyes hmm. and that they're going to do like the like the CGI stuff that they kind of did. To make him look younger? To like make him look younger. That they did, I guess, with Carrie Fisher mm-hmm. or with um, not Jeff Bridges, whatever. Yeah, Jeff uh, from, yeah from like uh, Tron. Yeah. Oh, okay, Jeff yeah. Bridges. Yeah. So, um, so that's going to be very interesting. Um, I guess just learning her, learning her character. Her character is going to have to like be successful, and that movie's going to have to be awesome for yeah. because apparently she's yeah like an integral piece to this next yeah Avengers movie. It just makes me wonder like I've never I've literally never even heard of her until right now, so I'm just like you know I don't have any background or knowledge of any of that. So it makes me wonder like how many more characters Marvel people. Are there are, are, in the universe are they that they haven't that they in? haven't even talked about yet, or even they're they're just waiting? Like, you know, like I I I enjoy the interesting side characters who aren't you know like Doctor Strange I had never heard of before. Yeah, yeah, and that is kind of interesting. You know, obviously I've heard of like Spider Man, like the the big you know the big people like that, but yeah, these inter- more interesting characters that that might have just kind of not a cult following. And it's interesting to, to learn about them and have them have their own movies. Well, I think the next step for the Avengers after Infinity War, which they are, which they haven't really talked anything about that two or like three year, years ago, they talked about they were hyping up this next stage a, a lot. And then the Disney-Fox merger happened and they kind of stopped talking about the future of the Marvel movies because... With this merger, Marvel can start taking over the X-Men characters and that it could be an Avengers versus X-Men type world. That's so weird. That, that's the idea that could start happening in the future. But since this merger isn't official official yet, they don't they haven't said that stuff yet. But that's what I think and a lot of people think is going to happen in the future is that they basically kill Thanos there's this villain from the X-Men world called Galacta, I think. Um, and that he's like the big bad X-Men villain. And so people's theories is that that dude takes over next. And then it's Avengers and X-Men. Huh. All right. Well, that was almost 30 minutes of us talking about I Avengers. I don't know why you thought that would be 10 minutes long. I was going to say something earlier. It felt like we were rolling way past 10 minutes. Well, I just knew that... Uh, I honestly, so whenever we were planning this podcast, Zara and my dad were like, all right, so what are we talking about? And I'm like, I just want a platform to talk about Infinity War, so this will be that platform. And we've covered a pretty nice long amount. For sure have. All right, so next we are going to the real reason for this podcast is we were able to see Hamilton the musical in Houston last night. It was amazing. And my dad and Zara are the two biggest Hamilton fans that I know. So, so I listened to the Bill Simmons podcast, and Bill Simmons was the first person I ever met who was on the Hamilton hype train. So I got into Hamilton a lot just because I love Bill Simmons. And then I started listening to the soundtrack. And then a little bit later, um, it just took over the whole culture. 
and people far exceeded my my like love for it. So both of y'all's like y'all know almost every song. So yes, yeah, so let's just talk about the musical and what y'all thought. Well, let me tell you that the um, the theater geeks are going to get mad at you for calling it a soundtrack. It's a cast recording. Oh, so just, I, I've been <laughs> on me on blast right now. I'm just letting you know that the geeks are going to call. They're going to get on you. All so right. just just helping you out. A little that, truth for that's you. That's fair. That's why you are on this podcast because you have all of the inside information. Michael's a noob. Yeah, I, well, I am. Um. So do you want us to just talk about the show or the whole project? What do you want to what do you want to get into? Well, yeah, so obviously y'all are big fans. So yes. so you finally got to see it. Did it live up to your expectation? Like what was it like what what I'll just say it? I'll just preface this with I think Howard's a little more of a bigger fan than I am. He's literally wearing a shirt right now that says Moran dies. And that's a verb to cause a person to wake up every morning with Hamilton lyrics stuck in their head. That, that's fantastic. I do not have a Hamilton shirt. And he is almost finished with the Ron Chernow. Okay, he's, he's making a face. Maybe not almost finished, but he's like three quarters of a way done with the Hamilton biography, which I have not. I've read maybe like the first chapter. I haven't attempted to go hard into that. He also has the piano. Um, yes. The, what do you call it? Sheet music for Hamilton. Because Which is awesome. My dad loves playing music. That's like his thing. And yeah, so he's been learning how to play Hamilton songs. And I think we got you like the book where it, it has, yeah, it's like a Inside picture story, book of, yeah. the, of the making of the musical. And it has, you know, pictures from the musical um, alongside like the lyrics and just more like in-depth information about it. So he, I mean, I really love this musical. I, I won't say I was like an early adapter of it or anything. I think once I gain popularity, I'm just a person in general who likes musicals. Yes. Um, and I enjoy listening to soundtracks, even, sorry, cast recordings. Um, <laughs> even if I haven't seen the musical, um, I'll like whatever's hot and popular, like I haven't seen Next to Normal, but I've listened to the recording or just whatever's, you know, winning Tonys at that time. Because um, I can't go to New York I, whenever I feel like it. But we yeah. do enjoy seeing um, musicals we, we, when they come to Dallas. Just saw we saw Waitress, Waitress, yeah, last month. Um, and that was one that I I loved the movie before that. But And your cousin is like Hunter Hall, who has also been on this podcast, musical theater genius. So we just saw him in Kiss Me Kate. So I yeah. see a lot. We, saw, we see a lot of musicals just like locally. Um, in Dallas, and so I just always like them. But this um, musical, I I guess it's really special because it did get such a big following, like, so quickly, and I just kind of never thought that I would see it. I don't know. It was just so built up and so amazing that somehow it just never occurred to me that, oh, it will tour eventually, and I will get to see it, and I just never thought that day would come, but now it has come. Yeah, it's. I, I was super excited to go see it. Um, so, um, I, I love the whole uh, musical in general. I mean, just the story behind it and kind of the wave, the phenomenon that it has become. But you know, kind of separating that from just the musical experience. Going last night, it was amazing. It was. It it was. Uh, it was cool just from the moment that you walk in and you see the stage because you've seen little clips of it on TV if you've been following it and. Um, it was awesome. A couple minutes after we sat down, there was a, a young lady that came in this, uh, really, she was so excited. Yeah, she was so excited and she went down to the front row. We were in the middle section and she went down the front row and 
leaned over the rail to look at the stage and had to start fanning her eyes because she was starting <laughs> to cry. She was so excited yeah. to be there. Yeah. So it really is amazing to me that it kind of that it kind of opens up into this much bigger discussion and much bigger thing yeah. when you talk about the play. So just looking at the event last night, it was awesome. All the actors were great. They killed it. I had little small things that in my head I pictured things were going to be a certain way and a character didn't look exactly like I thought they should have looked, you know, yeah. to kind of stay with the well, original. So, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, but it, but it was amazing and it was really neat. And, I, and Zara and I were talking about this last night is that, you know, we've listened to the cast recording a thousand times. We know every song, we know every nuance of the way they sang it, the original cast. So, but it's still only an audio pr- recording. Yeah. And so... These are real actors playing these parts. And so in many ways, they were kind of putting their own spin on things. And uh, like I'll tell you, as much as I love David Diggs and I've watched him, the way he plays Thomas Jefferson and, 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 you know, um, and all those things. The guy that did it last night was yeah. so funny. Was he so, was so his name. over oh, the top. And, yes. and very good. He was hilarious. He like and, did this like swagger pimp walk. I I guess I can say that word. Yeah. Um, like the whole time. It was yeah. And his French voice as Lafayette was like to the nth degree French. Like it was very funny. It, yeah. it was it was good. And it's funny because when we see David Diggs play it. He's got kind of a snarky personality, mm-hmm. but he wasn't as big and flamboyant, yes. you know, that I've seen. Of course, I've never seen the original right. thing. I've just seen little clips of it. Yeah. Uh, but it was so it was really neat. So some of the characters I enjoyed even more live, you know, and last night than I have yeah. on, on the recordings. Uh, I told Zara heading into it that the biggest thing for me was going to be the girls. I, yeah. I needed to see how Angelica and Eliza did it, if they were going to be able to bring it, because that's where the emotion comes from. And uh, and also, obviously, from Hamilton. And so I thought the girls carried it. I, I did think that Lin-Manuel, because he wrote it and he, you know, authored it, that there were certain times when he really could bring this angst and kind of authenticity that I wasn't really sure if I was getting from the guy playing Hamilton in the yeah. touring cast. But he did a marvelous job. And, and, and so the whole thing was awesome. I loved being a part of it. It was packed to the gills at that place. It was just, yeah. I've never seen a bathroom line so long during intermission. Yeah. Well, in a men's room. For uh, women, I obviously have. But uh, yeah, so it was just a really neat event to be a part of. And um it felt really special. Like everyone was like yelling, cheering after every song. Yes. Like you could just a lot feel of audience response. Excitement, yeah. There everyone was, was so excited. There was definitely an energy to it that, like, I'm not like a. I didn't necessarily grow up being a, a musical guy. I have become one because I, I'm married to you, and obviously, like our family, like mm-hmm. Jacob and, and Nathan, both did more musical theater stuff. Um, but yeah, like this was the most dynamic, energizing musical I have ever seen. Just excitement-wise, and now yeah, how everybody cheered, um, like the whole place was just captivated the entire time. And and not to mention what I thought was really responsive was the way people responded to one-liners and snarky mm-hmm. lines and jokes. Yeah. And I've heard them so much. It's like when you've heard a joke a hundred times. You don't laugh it as much as you yeah. heard it the first time, you know. So I knew where all the snarky lines were. But obviously, there's people. Who there's have obviously never people who have never seen it. it or listened yeah. to it because when it happened, they laughed. Because it is laughed. really funny, yes. and you forget how funny it is until yes. it's some, maybe you see it live, and they're like playing out the joke. Yeah. Or they're doing 
dance move a lot of dance movements um like in the rap battle sequences like them getting up close on each other or just like funny little dance movements that they would do to kind of like sell the joke um those are really good moments yeah i was really the now i love just from their cast recording i love the king of england i I love his songs and i love his stuff it was so much better in person yes it was killing it it was so funny it was was a lot of fun he milked every second he was on the stage and he got to be on the stage longer than we thought he would because he would come back um, to oh. kind of make fun of the Adams administration. He, like, stayed on stage a little longer to, be, like, be with the cast. And then he also kind of made fun of the part where um, the guys are saying, like, you're never going to be president now. You see the king just, like, up in the corner dancing and just, like, laughing at him. So funny. So many good moments with him. He was hilarious. Well, yeah, so this was great. So I have listened to the soundtrack. I've listened to to the first seven or eight songs probably like 20, 30, like 30 times. Listening never all, it all the way, way through. through, maybe only honestly like two or like three times. But I, um, but there are sometimes where on the, on the soundtrack, I don't know who's singing like what, just because their voices can kind of like blend in. So being able to see like, there's this song between Thomas Jefferson and maybe Hamilton or like someone else, and like listening to it, I never knew that 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 was Thomas Jefferson singing it. And so just being able to watch it, or even like a lot of these jokes, I wouldn't pick up on it, or like even the King songs. Listening to them, it wasn't until y'all were talking maybe like six months ago, or or like whatever about the parody of those songs that 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 I realized the song was a parody like I just thought it was some good singer like it's like a very catchy um kind of like um what's it flight of the concords type meaning like type of song and then I realized oh wait the king's like making fun of everybody being like sarcastic or just being um very sarcastic yeah 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 um so yeah just just being able to watch it was awesome so yeah, it was it was a it really was cool. It was a kind of a culmination for me, um, because I did get into it. I, I learned of it once it was already a thing. You know, I saw a thing of it on sixty Minutes or something. I was some news show, yeah, and they had a, a, a segment about Miranda. I'd heard of it. Uh, my wife recorded it for me, so uh, you know I could watch it, and I said okay. So uh, I watched it and fell in love, and I saw this picture of Miranda reading the Ron Chernow book, and I saw it was a picture from a hammock on vacation. Mm-hmm. It's a famous picture; yes. I've seen it a few times. So I ordered it, not knowing it was seven hundred and fifty pages. I just <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I just ordered it. It came in, and I was still in the middle of school, and it was it was you difficult to, to read. Yeah, but I, I did read a good part of it, you know, and. Uh, so I became really impressed with it, and then I saw some other things with with Miranda. And so, it it is, it is an interesting thing to me. Uh, it never occurred to me, you know, when I when I saw that it was a full minority cast and all of these things, and what a social statement it was. Because what I had never had realized before, and maybe because I was just blind to it, was that how hard it was, possibly, I guess, yeah. for minorities to grab a hold of kind of the American pride and the American story. And it had never occurred to me. I can run around and I can be proud of Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and all these guys because they were the founding fathers and they, you know, beat the British and all these kind of things. But, you know, the fact that these guys were actually slaveholders, if I was a minority, how would I feel about Thomas Jefferson and George Washington? 
Asian American voice in that? Where yeah. is the Hispanic voice in that? Yeah. You know? So it, it's all these things. And so it opened my eyes. And so that's the thing that I think, because I, I am a songwriter. I've written lots of songs in my day. But so the idea that I'm looking, not only is it a catchy soundtrack that mm-hmm. I'm listening to now, I used your word, mm-hmm. but not only is it catchy in that way, the fact that there's so many levels to it, that he's opening up American history to minorities, that that... Miranda, I read this same book, and it is a it is a biography. He read the book and saw the love story yeah. between yeah. Hamilton and Eliza. Seriously he saw genius. he saw the one on one, just the dichotomy of characters between Aaron Burr and, and Hamilton, and he saw it. He saw the story and said, "That's a story that needs to be told, and I'm going to tell it in such a way." that it's going to open it up to everyone. And, and I mean, I'm just, and, and I'm not a, a hip hop guy. You guy, you obviously have done yeah. some hip hop stuff. So I, I have a, a little, I know it's out there and I listen to a little bit, but when I'm listening to it as a songwriter, cause there's so many genres he covers. It, he's got yeah. songs that make me cry every single time I hear it. He has songs that are they're even in the rap battles, but everything is so smartly written and it's the perfect rhyme. And so every time I expose myself to any part of Hamilton, it's just it blows me away of how completely amazing and genius it is. And so I've had this two-year love affair with, you know, all things Hamilton. And then to finally get to see that last night, when I say it was the culmination, it, it really was. It was kind of ended the journey for me, which was really cool. Well, yeah. So obviously, yeah, I, I love rap and spoken word stuff by the way if you are listening to this so i'm the person who's rapping on like our intro song a lot of people didn't know that um so you know just a little shameless plug there um but yeah so so as someone who loves writing hip-hop lyrics oh man like it it like i just laugh and giggle throughout the whole thing just for how smart and just how well he's able to um just use words and like do so in I mean like he's like if you were to see Lin Manuel just, just on the street you wouldn't be like oh that's like a hip hop dude but the fact that he can create songs for Moana yes. and he can create songs for Hamilton yes and it's just two very different like genre art forms but he but man yeah like the, both are great but yeah like me and Zara before the show like I I. I asked her how, like, does she think it's going to be like Les Mis where there is no dialogue or are the songs going to be everything? I wasn't sure. And, it, and I, kept, I have, like, five songs in, I look over to Michael, I'm like, there's no dialogue. It's literally just the songs. It's literally just the songs. So how he was able to tell the entire story just from the songs and that there was no need for any other just, like, spoken, um, I guess, like, monologue, like, dialogue stuff. But even the parts where there is some spoken, like I'm thinking back to where George Washington, you know, he's singing his goodbye song and he's saying the last, um, the last like letter he writes to the public, I guess. And so that normally would be like a spoken part, but the way he puts it to music, um, the genus are both awesome. doing it. So They're both saying Hamilton it. is speaking it yeah. as if he's writing it and yeah. reading it, uh-huh. while George Washington it's is singing, singing it on top of it. It's very good. I love good. that part. Yeah, very that good. That was amazing. So even even though it's a something that you yeah you would normally hear just spoken aloud, the way he put it to the music just continued like the theme through the whole the whole show. And I was going to tell you the other part that really got me was the story of. And then hold on, idea with Eliza and Hamilton, the whole idea of 
satisfied. Mm-hmm. Are we satisfied? I think all of us feel that, you know, we get to a certain age and we're looking at ourselves and am I where I wanted to be? Have I done the things I wanted to do? That's a universal thing that we all struggle with and yeah. deal with at some point. And that's the part that just kept coming out in the play. The fact that he was never satisfied and it drove him to try to accomplish more and more things. I mean, the guy had so much. And so those are like the three elements of the show, the love story, the, the rivalry with Burr, mm-hmm. and just the whole man chasing this inner sense of satisfaction and completeness. And he just never, never could find it. Yeah. Powerful. So inspiring, so good. Um, yeah, I just, I, as someone who has a lot of dreams, and like I've like mentioned this before, but, but any, anytime that I see like a movie or a play about someone who like uses their time and like wants to achieve the biggest impact in the world that like me, me like that they can, mm-hmm. yo, so inspired, so challenged. And uh, yeah, so that came across just, yeah, just a ton about how much um, he wanted to make his mark on the world. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. So he was in the room where it happened. Mm. Yes, he was. All right. So, yeah, if you are a Hamilton fan, it is in Houston right now. It's coming to Dallas in 2019. It is touring. We highly recommend it. You can actually download the Hamilton app, and every day, I think, you can enter a lottery to win tickets for only $10 we just found out about a this. piece for, for two people. So even though we just saw it, we are we have all downloaded this would app. Would we see it again? Heck yeah, we would see heck, it again. Heck yes. It was so, so, so good. Um, I highly recommend it. All right, Pops. Well, thank you so much for uh, sitting down w- with us and dropping some... Marvel knowledge and your deep <laughs> Hamilton musical knowledge. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me. Love doing it. Um, wait, should we give you a 60 second soapbox to talk about Disney music songs? So you listened to our top oh, 10 Disney oh, song oh, list and oh, you had some very, very strong opinions without <laughs> tearing both of us down too much. What are your thoughts on just Disney music and what deserves to possibly be in the top 10? I am saying that we are making probably in like two, three weeks a, a, a top 11, 11 through 20. Through 20 yeah. So to fully cover. But yeah, this. like what would you pick instead? Well, I just want to hear. I, I don't know. Uh, I think... <laughs> what. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, because one thing y'all did when y'all were putting the parameters in place, you know, Michael was kind of hitting a lot of different things, so it was kind of have, you know, it was kind of hard to have songs that would do all of those things, because sure. you obviously chose sure. songs that were very personal to yes. you. this is my personal list. Yeah, it was yes. your personal list, and so you weren't judging it like in the grand world, if I was a musical judge and, you know, No, because we already it. have those classic soundtracks yeah. out there, best so, Disney compilations, yeah, yes, that already those. exists. I know, so, you know, for the, I, I just, I, I did... I did make fun that Zero to Hero was your number one song. Such but I understand song. you got to dance to Underrated. it and you got to learn it. No, I do listen to Disney music a lot. And so I'm like you. I like have all the, I have all the top lists. And uh, um, Dad had a hot take about what was the best Disney soundtrack. Wait, he did? What did yeah. he say? You texted me this. I, well, I, I texted you that you said that Lion King, without a doubt, was the top soundtrack yeah, of all time. And I, feel I, and I, good about that. I, I have always said that, and I have always held that opinion ever since it came out. I mean, because it was amazing. There was like five or six great songs on that. And yeah. I don't have five or six great songs from all these different things, but 
as much as, as I feel like I'm about to get my man card revoked, I, I have to say that Frozen, is, I mean, there's at least four or five great, great, great songs from Frozen. And Which so, is why you went and chose Let I, It Go, and, number 10. And, and, and so did. that's the deal. When, when you look at the phenomenon that Let It Go became, so each movie has to have one. You know, So what's the king song? So obviously it was Let It Go from Frozen. So you compare that to... To uh, Lion King. Now, my favorite song from Lion King is actually Be Prepared. I just think that song is genius. I love that song. But Circle of Life is the breadwinner for that thing. So now we're comparing Circle of Life to To Let It It Go. And I I can't honestly say that Let It Go is not a better song than Circle of Life. I love Circle of Life. But, you know, so, so then you start going down the list and you can start comparing the other ones. And I will tell you that in the theater... Um, do you want to build a snowman? Almost made me cry, Aww. and yeah. I'm like, no, no song from Lion King did that to me. Now, I know it wasn't meant to. It wasn't meant to be that kind. You know, none yeah. of them were meant to do that. That you know, so it, it's really so. Then I start looking at you know some of the songs from Frozen. That's what I'm saying. So I, I agreed with you that Lion yeah. King, I've always said, has been the gold standard of soundtracks. But I just sent you a message that said, "Dude, we got to consider that Frozen may have actually." I am very interested in like five or ten years once the Frozen hype has like died down because a lot of people have now kind of turned have kind of turned on frozen just because it became such a yeah. big thing and it just like um became like would you say it's the hamilton of the disney world um i don't think people have like turned on hamilton okay yeah um, they haven't but i think but but yeah there's a lot of or at least like young adult like people that mm-hmm. like i hang out with or just that with Netflix and being able to just watch Frozen over and over and over and over and over. I think some parents of young kids have been like, oh, man, sick of, sick of listening to this. Yeah, I think, you know, the whole thing that we have to add into the mix is a recency bias. It makes us for it. It makes us against us because yeah. it is now. And that's what you're saying. You're saying because you, you said something in your line. I totally I, you, you made a comment when you were doing your top five list. You said, I can't believe there's a song from Little Mermaid. You said, I can't believe that song. We've gotten to a point point that that song didn't make my top five, which is, that's the kind of stuff that happens, you know, because uh, I'm telling you, someone who was an adult, I mean, Disney had gone down in the tubes, dude, you know, Mm -hmm. and then right around the time that you were born, they had the Renaissance Uh and started with Little Mermaid. And so just all of those, you know, those movies that kind of went all the way through your ear. Yeah. You know, when you got Beauty and the Beast and it's nominated for Best Picture for an Oscar, I mean, I mean, there was some Disney was swinging a big stick in the '90s, man. Yeah. You know, they really were. So we um, just grew up in such a great time. You did. It was so kind good. of the kind of the sweet spot for oh, for that yeah. kind of stuff, the Renaissance. So yeah, I, I like a lot of those songs. But it, it was funny that, that for some reason. And I will tell you, because like, you, you liked, there were three that you liked. I've heard Zara mention them. You've mentioned Impersonal Groove, yes. which I think I've only seen it like once uh, or twice. Once or twice. And that's fair. Now, that's got David yeah. Spade in it, right? And the one that's, and who's, who's, uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. David Spade. Yeah. And, and he's, he's funny in that. But it was just snarky. I'm not a huge snarky guy. I and think it, I'm a huge snarky person. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and then, obviously, uh, Hercules. Yeah. And I only remember seeing that once or twice. I know the kids watched it. It but was I, in the back of your van I yesterday. Know, and I Michael know. pulled it out of the seat pocket. We're like, oh, what is this doing here? I know. But what I still, I mean, I can hardly remember much about it. We used to watch it in, like, your office 
a lot. Yeah. I mean, like that was one of those movies. I think y'all were old enough that I didn't have to sit there and watch it with you. Yeah. I think maybe that's why. And I will tell you that it was funny. I, I thought about this the other day that, um, well, no, Hercules, like you mentioned, uh, Hercules is being Hercules and Hunchback of Notre Dame. That was another one y'all mentioned. And I will tell you that I didn't really like Hunchback of Notre Dame all that much when it first came out, but I have lately, uh, on one of my collections, fallen in love with yeah. the uh, song uh, out there. Yeah, and cool. I think it's one of the greatest songs People in the Disney catalog, dude. And just the way they play off each other and the way it builds and yeah, every. Uh, what about Pocahontas? You know, it's funny. You mentioned Pocahontas the other day. Colors of the Wind. It was funny when that when that first came out. That song kind of drew me deal. in. It yeah. was a pretty big deal. And then it, it was a little ridiculous, the blue corn moon and, sure. you know, all of these things, sure. you know. And, and so it had these weird things in it. And because of the collections that I listened to, Just Around the Riverbend is actually the song I know better from that movie. That is, yeah. And so when you picked Colors of the Wind, I was like, oh, yeah. And then I started thinking, is that even the best song from that movie? I was kind of thinking of those two songs together, trying to figure out which one I liked better. I just know Just Around the Riverbend better because... It's on my collection that I listen to the most. Yeah. It's very personal, people. I know. I know. Music's a personal thing. I have to say, I think I've only seen Hunchback of Notre Dame once or twice. Like, I have not seen it since before high school. You guys have some homework to do, obviously. Yes, it sounds like we do. movies to watch. Yeah, that is the number one Disney movie that I just hardly know anything about, for sure. You know, it's funny because you guys aren't small anymore and living in my house. I just don't see very many Disney movies. I mean, since I, well, yeah, you still haven't seen Coco and I haven't seen Coco and you hadn't seen Moana. I I watched Moana maybe a month ago. Did you like it? What did did, you think? I did like it. It was the first time that I'd ever seen it. That's a good soundtrack. um, Yeah. There's other ones that I've had other ones that I've missed. Yeah. Too, and some that I only have seen a couple of times. So, yeah, I would be more willing to watch things like that. Charlene really is. But you have an so. almost two year old granddaughter. I know. And so I'm, I am getting excited about that because I know that there will be another Disney phase there will that be will a be phase, coming. Yes, where she will just come over and watch the yes. classic Disney movies. Good news Coco is now on Netflix. Is it really? Oh, yes. Nice. I, I will be watching it. We can watch it soon. I will be watching it soon then. It's good. That has some good songs in it. Remember Me? Great song. Honestly, top three most emotional songs. Well, I will tell you that I just did a funeral because I'm a pastor. I just did a funeral about three weeks ago, and the gentleman who passed away, he had two daughters in their early 20s, and they got up and sang that at the end of the the funeral. So I do know that song. Yeah. So emotional. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, which which Coco kind of like Hamilton just... Gives people a platform to tell a story that normally doesn't get told very much. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, Dad, thank you so much just for dropping so much knowledge with us. Give us a verse, drop some knowledge. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's from Hamilton. Yep. All right. Peace. Bye. Okay. So, for marriage moment, right before we went to Houston, Michael was being a world traveler. And went to Kansas. Kansas. Uh, which he had never been to before. The, and, e- the exotic city. And he had state. a good Kansas time city, there. technically. Sure, yes. He was at a youth pastor conference. I was. And he experienced 
a tornado watch. Oh my gosh, it was the most glorious thing. So any, so first off, yeah. So we, I know that the conference is in Kansas. We are flying into Kansas City. I have never been to Kansas before. So I get off of the plane. We exit security, and I scream with my hands up, "Kansas, we're here!" And then there was the security guard lady. She's like, "It's Missouri, not Kansas." And I'm like, "Oh, this is awkward because, yeah." So obviously, I I like knew this like growing up in school, but but Kansas City is right in is like right in the middle of the Missouri and Kansas State. You're line. telling me you were actually in Missouri this whole time? So I was. So we had to fly into Missouri, and, oh. and then we drove to Kansas. Oh, that's so confusing. Into like Leewood or um. Uh, and, or whatever. Weird. So that was my first guffaw. Also, That's the awkward. MCI, I mean, like the Kansas City Airport, the weirdest airport I've ever been to. It looked like I stepped back in time into like 1985. Mm. Um, it was just like very. So it needs an update. Yes. Each I've each um each terminal has its own security entrance. Hmm. So instead of like one giant big security line. Yeah. Um, there, there's like a few different ones, which is convenient, but it's also just weirdly laid out. I don't know. It was weird. Sorry. So, yeah. So then we go, as we are driving um, to the hotel in Kansas, um, one of the people, one of my coworkers, Melissa, goes, I have never been to, I have never been to Kansas. All I can think of are tornadoes. And then I tried to be smart and say, well, you know, Oklahoma actually has more tornadoes than Kansas. I don't think that we need to worry. No lie. 24 hours later, we are in the hotel. I'm watching the Rockets game, like in the lobby. There's like 20 other like youth pastors being like from this conference there. And it just, just starts pouring rain. And all of the hotel staff tell us to go down to the basement for a tornado watch like warning and i'm like nope sorry i want to watch the rockets game so i'm so i'm literally in the lobby all by myself all right did you hear any sirens uh no okay no but then the cable goes out so then the rockets game goes out but i'm still being stubborn because i want to watch this rockets jazz game shout out shout out to jace this was actually the game that the jazz beat us in um oh no uh yeah Anyway, so then I pull it up on my phone and I start watching it. But then the two front desk people who are Kansas natives go, all right, well, we're going to leave our post and go down to the hotel basement if you want to also join us. And I'm like, all right, if the natives are going, then I will also go. I love that this hotel had a basement. Like in Texas, basements are not a thing. Well, by basement, it was really like like downstairs. It was like a parking garage. Oh, creepy. But they just kept calling it the basement. Sure, seems safer. So then I'm watching the Rockets game on my phone, and my Apple Watch beeps and notifies me that my heart rate has been going over 120 <laughs> for 10 straight minutes, and it basically asked, it, it was concerned about my health and my well-being. That's nice of that and robot to w- think of you. And it was really funny, and I didn't know if it was because of the tornado death experience I, I was having, or the Rockets were losing to the Jazz, I and know. I was freaking out. It's it's a close call. Could could be either one. We don't know. Exactly. So that was my marriage moment um, or my moment during that week. I was not there. Did you do anything fun while I was gone? Well, not really. You did see Avengers all by yourself. I did. So my mom ditched me. She actually doesn't know this, so she's probably going to hear it on this podcast. Oh, sorry, Mary. But 
she wasn't feeling it, and I still really wanted to see the Avengers, and so I just went by myself, and that was literally the first movie I'd ever gone to myself by myself before. I, I'm so 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 proud of you. So proud. Thank you. Seeing movies by myself is something that I enjoy doing. Well, I usually don't have to because usually you're there because I'm always there. Um, but. It was funny, Michael, I texted him, like, literally as soon as the movie ended, and I was like, okay, that was a good movie. And then he, like, calls me, and I'm like, okay, I'll answer it. And so we're just, like, chatting as the the end credits are going, and I'm like, wait, 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 shh, shh, the, the scene's about to start. And he's like, oh, okay, watch it. And so then, <laughs> then I watch it. It was so funny. And then we just talk about all of it. The fact that Zara was in a theater with other people and was talking <laughs> on her phone is, like, the number one no theater rule it was funny. But it didn't matter. The movie was over. It I was know, fine. It was like midnight at that time or something. Yeah, it was pretty late. So that's pretty much all I did. I don't think... I mean... All right. Well, that's it for our marriage moment. But next, everyone's favorite segment, Zero to Hero. Zero to Hero! Zero to Hero. No time Zero to Hero. Just like that. All right, Zara. So what is your hero for this week? Well... This is just a double-edged sword. It's just the worst of times and the best of times all wrapped into one. Ooh, okay. Let me tell you. Dancing with the Stars is back on TV. Yes. This is my ultimate favorite TV show in the whole world. Very, very true. I love it. You are a grandma. I sure. Yes. It's my biggest... And most favorite thing. The only reason I say that is because growing up, the only person I knew who watched this show was my grandma. I watched it when I was in high school. It's been on for a long time. It, it has. So anyway, my favorite show, it's on TV. Um, normally, this would be a cause for joy and celebration. And every Monday or Tuesday, I would be watching it. But it's also my zero because I'm super gypped and I'm angry about it. So angry. Because I guess American Idol is now on ABC and they like care about that way more. Boo. I know. And so they're focusing on that, on that or something. And so they cut down Dancing with the Stars instead of like a normal season, I don't know, 11, 12 weeks, like really long. This season is only four weeks long. How is that possible? I don't understand. Dancing with the Stars is like a pillar of reality TV. It is. And it's only four weeks long? It's awful. They ruined everything, and I need to write a strongly worded letter to somebody. I feel like Bachelor Winter Games was longer than, than this. Mm, it was shorter, but... Oh, okay, fine. Like, the same amount of, like, hours, technically. Oh, like episodes, yeah. Yeah, episodes. Um, so I'm pretty mad, but... Is athletes, which also is not very exciting for me because I don't really know athletes. Um, I prefer when there's, you know, a mix of young pop stars and random actors and actresses. I just don't like it whenever there are ice skaters because obviously they're basically dancers with skates on. Well, and I think like it's a um, a sneaky cheating move. You along with many other people out there feel that way. But we have three ice skaters on this season. One of them being Tanya Harding. Oh my gosh, I Tanya. It's crazy. I would much rather Margot Robbie. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. She's cap. She's trying to capitalize, I guess, on her 
newfound like renaissance of her being popular. Yes, which, which it makes sense. Like, sure, go yes, on TV. Yes, it makes sense that an awful person did an awful thing, and there was a story about this awful person. And because as a culture, we like the story more than like the, the truth story. behind the person. We are elevating Tanya Harding uh, to a status that she d- does not deserve. That seems like a whole other conversation. Sorry, but just needed to vent a little bit. Yes, people are still applauding her, and there's. I'm sure ABC um, said, we will sue you if you boo. Whoa. Just kidding. I have no idea. Do you think that ABC is like a mob boss? I don't know. They're out here breaking kneecaps? Usually there's a lot of booing, and so far there has been no booing. Oh, wait. There's been booing? Oh, yeah. On Dancing with the Stars? Yeah. When people, usually it's like. I thought the only negative person was that dude with. The gray hair. Lynn. Well, yeah, usually he gives like a bad score and then the audience usually boos him. Okay. But, I mean, people seem to really be supporting Tanya Harding. I don't know. Very interesting. So there's also... I, I, I mean, I, Tanya was a great movie. It was good. There's also two other ice skaters from the most recent Olympics. Um, and they're both super, super, super good. And I'm sure one of them will win. And the other surprise... Really great person that I like watching is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Which is so funny to me. It's hilarious. He's that he is insanely tall, and he has to dance with Lindsay, who's, like, super short. Anyway, so that is my hero and zero. All right, well, m- my hero is a music recommendation. My favorite rapper of all time, Andy Minio. Um, he is a Christian rapper, but dude is just so good, so, so, so good. It's been, like, over two years since he released an album, and he released an EP called The Arrow. Um, it's very, very good. It's basically six songs long. And he is going... It's like part of a project where he is releasing a lot of smaller EPs. Um, and then he's going to just release them all as one big album. It's very, very good. Um, it's not like he's just like shouting, follow Jesus for, for every single song. So if you don't really do the whole Jesus thing, but you still like hip hop, uh, the album is great. And I highly recommend it to anybody. Um, yeah, it's very, very good. Okay. What about a zero? Do you have a zero? My zero, depending on how long I, we want to rant for, or, or you will allow me to rant, um, the hate for Kanye West. All right. Taking away all politics just for a second. Everyone is so up in arms and I'm just being real. He's trolling everybody. He's not being real. This is all a big joke. This is all like an actor performance. He's going to release this album and, and, and it's going to be the opposite of what everybody is thinking. And he's going to be saying, hey, I'm like Jim Carrey and I was just playing a, a part or I'm like Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix, like two years ago or, or maybe last year, said that he was quitting acting and he was going to become a professional rapper all because it was like he was getting in the mindset for this new movie and then the movie comes and he's like psych i'm not crazy i feel like that's what kanye is doing right now it's all this performance piece that even if he is crazy and he is doing weird stuff the album is going to come out and everyone's going to love it because he's kanye west and everyone's going to be oh i love his album so i'm just stating for public for public consumption I'm still a Kanye fan, not as like a person, just as like an entertainer, just like I want my music people to, to be entertaining. And that's what Kanye does. I don't approve of, of like what he says, um, but as an entertainer and as someone in our culture, then I think that he is entertaining. That's my zero is people who are taking everything so seriously. 
By people and by everyone, do you mean just people on Twitter? Yes. Well, no, I've listened to lots of podcasts where, where people are talking about him. So really? he made this song, which I showed you, Poopity Scoop. I know. It was so weird. Michael starts playing me this song, and at the very end, it's like, poop diddy scoop scoop diddy poop 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 scoop scoop poop diddy scoop i'm like what the crap it was the funniest thing kanye yeah hasn't dropped a song in over a year it was so and weird he just releases this single and there's a minute and a half long build up to his rap verse and so you are listening for a minute and a half getting hype for him to just drop some bars and then he just goes poopity scoop poop scoop scoop Poopity scoop. And dude, I just died laughing. And there's so many people who are like offended that he would do that. And I'm like, he's just trolling everybody. Like he knows that people hinge on every word that he says and he's purposely messing with our culture right now. So you don't think he's messed up in the head? No, I think that he is, but I think that, <laughs> but but not to the extreme that he's like personifying is, Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure, sure, sure. I don't have many views on Kanye West, but... I'm sure most people listening to to this podcast don't. No, 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 probably not. All right, well, that's it. You got two music recommendations, <laughs> rants from Michael Agnew. Um, and, and a TV show rant and, from me. And a TV show rant. Yeah, hopefully you like my dad's hot takes on Hamilton and on Infinity War. We will be releasing another episode in like two days. So get ready. Get hype. All right. Peace. Bye. Like Tarzan and Jane, girl, you'll be in my heart. I will fight Jafar with all the Robin Hood starts. Beat the crook, Captain Hook, and any evil that embarks. If baby starts to leave his mark, I'll send him to a pit so dark you can't see light. Oh, come here, my Snow White, to have a princess for a wife. Yeah, that'd be alright. Chilling up in the castle all day and night. Girl, you're in the middle of my circle of life.